Hello, my name is Daniel Nenny, founder of SemiWiki, the open forum for semiconductor professionals. Welcome to the Semiconductor Insiders podcast series. If you have a topic you'd like us to cover, please post it on semiwiki.com and we'll get right to it. My guest today is Ravi Damarkudi, CEO of Movidale, a fast-growing supplier of silicon intellectual property, uh, platforms, and IP-enabled design services with designs deployed in millions of units, um, silicon-enabled in communications and consumer products worldwide. Ravi has 30 years of semiconductor IP and EDA experience. Um, welcome to the podcast, Ravi. Hey, thank you very much, Dan, and uh, it's great to be here. And I must also congratulate you for pronouncing my last name correctly. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> Thanks for the coaching. Um, yeah. we, we know each other, Ravi. I mean, we, yeah. we see each other all the time in the conferences yes. and such. And uh, mm-hmm. But it, it's, it's great to have you here. But first, um, I would like to ask you to tell our audience how you first came to semiconductors. I mean, was it your childhood dream? Do you have a story you can share with us? Yeah, certainly. Um, um, it, it all started uh, way back. Uh, I grew up in a village in the southernmost uh, state of India, Kerala. And uh, when we were growing up, uh, there was no electricity in our in our village. So um, I mentioned this before. The the thing really attracted me those days. We have you know dark nights, and the only thing that you could see is you know stars and planets at night, and uh, you will be intrigued by um, you know what's going up there. Um, and uh, when while we were in uh, school, uh, maybe uh, elementary school those days, that electricity came to our village. So first time. So we could see all kinds of activities of um, you know, electric, electrical lines coming up, uh, workers installing transformers and whatnot. So that kind of excited the whole village and uh, including myself and uh, at school. And I've been a I've been interested in electrical engineering ever since. So my days and when I had a chance to choose my engineering career, uh, going to college, uh, I chose electrical engineering. And then I did my master's in electrical engineering. And uh, so I'm an electrical engineer by uh, by profession. That's a great story. You know, I've asked that question hundreds of times now, and that that's a very unique answer. I'm pretty sure nobody would have said this one. (laughs) Yeah. So what brought you to Movivale? Um, and you're a co-founder, of course. Uh, so can you share us a little bit about your professional journey? Yeah, sure. So as I mentioned, my background is electrical engineering. I did my master's in um, electrical engineering from IIT uh, Chennai. And I worked in India for uh, a few years. I was um, a senior scientist at the Indian Space Research uh, Organization, uh, ISRO. Um, and uh, at the time, again, I wanted to, so space was, uh, as I mentioned, my early story, um, I was very much interested in space because that's the first thing that I saw looking at planets and, and stars. So that is certainly I was interested, but maybe after a couple of years, uh, I wanted to move into um, more electrical and electronics engineering. So I ended up join, leaving ISRO and joining uh, Tata Consultancy Services at the time. Um, they were helping Vadil Logic, uh, if you believe it, it's, a, um, it's a, one of the oldest uh, EDA company at the time uh, with some uh, design and development in electronics. So I joined that group 
Um, and through that, I came to the US uh, into Silicon Valley. I was a consultant at uh, HP uh, when I came over here first time. A year later, I joined uh, Cadence Design Systems uh, and I was uh, in their application engineering group supporting customers. Uh, essentially, at, at the time, uh, our primary job was transitioning uh, people from uh, the schematic type of uh, design for chips to uh, Verilog and VHDL, uh, Verilog at the time, and then VHDL came much later. So, so I was I got involved in ASIC design and EDA tools and IP uh, at Cadence. I worked there about seven years, and uh, uh, I after that I uh, joined the or started the first company, GDA Technologies, along with my friends uh, that got acquired uh, by Larson and Tubro Infotech. And I continued there for a few years and then started again in 2012, MobiVail. So uh, 10 years later, we are here. Yeah, that's a great journey. I, you know, I know Valid Logic, of course. I've been in the industry for 40 years now, but they were one of the original EDA companies. Uh, and I, I know your previous company as well. And, and I know MobiVail, but let, let's talk to you a little bit more about MobiVail. You know, what are the verticals or domains that MobiVail is focusing on? And you know, where do you see growth coming from? Yeah, I'll, I'll start with my uh, previous company, GDA Technologies, and our, our motto uh, at uh, GDA was accelerate uh, your innovation in the sense uh, we are a company that provides uh, the basic building blocks and semiconductor designs and also provide value-added uh, engineering services. So, um, so we continued in that path and since uh, till our exit, and when we started MobiVail, again, um, you know, we had a we have a new motto now, which is um, uh, invest in innovation. So again, we believe in uh, we we can accelerate our customer designs by providing the basic components, building blocks, uh, as well as value-added uh, engineering services. So we believe in uh, judiciously investing in R&D, creating some of the components, uh, and make it available to our customers. So essentially influencing their design, the schedule and cost in a very positive way. Uh, that's our mission. And uh, in terms of vertical, um, in the previous company, we saw the client compute, the PC-centric designs uh, that are happening, and then moved to wired networking. And when we started MobiVail, the biggest transition at the time we saw was the cloud and data center. Uh, so we invested in technologies that go into the cloud and data center like NVM Express for flash storage, uh, CXL, uh, PC Express, and those technologies that are uh, inherent, uh, that is very much embedded into the data center uh, related uh, development. And uh, we also got involved in uh, 4G and 4G, 5G wireless technologies. Uh, and recently, uh, robotics as well as uh, artificial intelligence. So we as a company, we look around, see what's going on in the market, and uh, we uh, invest in technologies uh, that are growing in the market and make it available to our customers. Right. You're also um, a provider of services. You're a big provider of engineering services. Um, what types of service projects do you offer? You know, can you describe one of your typical projects? We are a, an end-to-end -end, uh, service provider uh, to the extent, for example, if you have a system level design, uh, what we need is a block diagram or even an idea 
and uh, from there we can create the hardware, uh, the embedded software. Uh, we can also work with third parties to do the uh, manufacturing and supply um, essentially the prototyping quantities of hardware uh, for your lab and for qualification and so on. So we can provide from a block diagram to a finished uh, prototype goods. And for final manufacturing and high volume manufacturing, uh, customers tend to go to uh, Asia and uh, work with uh, large manufacturers. On the, on, uh, similarly, on the semiconductor side, on the chip side also, we can work on the front end and the back end. Uh, we can provide uh, silicon property, uh, intellectual properties that goes into these uh, chips. So uh, as an end-to-end -end provider, uh, we can provide uh, any a, every step of the way uh, also as a full turnkey services. I'll give you an example, like recently worked on an industrial uh, robot application where we are responsible for the full design, the hardware, the embedded software, the mechanical engineering. Uh, so uh, we can help our customers really, uh, you know, once they have a vision, they have a plan uh, for the product, we can make it happen for them. Got it. So Mobileo has developed many standards-based IP. You know, you're really known for it. What standards and IP are you uh, involved with now? Yeah, we have been involved in standard-based IPs for a, for a long time, more than 20 years. We started with uh, PC Express uh, Generation 1. Now PC Express is Generation uh, 6. As you can imagine, we have been involved uh, quite a bit uh, in that technology, developed every generation of uh, PC Express. Uh, as I mentioned, uh, when Mobile started, one of the biggest transitions that we saw in the market was uh, going from hard disk to flash disk, uh, flash storage. So the technology or the standard that uh, came about uh, for this vertical was NVM Express. So many of those uh, SATA-based hard disk, uh, that technology moved to flash-based, uh, NVM-based uh, flash disk. And uh, we were the one of the first company to develop this IP, as well as um, uh, productizing, helping our customers productize uh, NVMe-based SSD designs. We got it uh, certified at the University of New Hampshire very way back in 2014, one of the early days of NVM Express. So we were there from the beginning. We continue to invest in this technology. We help many customers develop. Uh, SSD development even, even today. And the other technology that we have is we're working on MIPI uh, is another technology that we see. Um, we are involved in DDR uh, development, DDR4, DDR5. Uh, also ONFI is another uh, flash interface technology that we are involved in. So we are, we are involved in quite a few uh, standard-based uh, IP development. We participate in those consortiums uh, we are a member and we join their conferences and so on. So what emerging trends are you seeing in the semiconductor industry that would interest Movevale the most? Yeah, before I get into the, the trends, um, I must say that I'm very happy with the current state of affairs in semiconductor in the sense last several years, um, semiconductor did not get any attention in the, in the market. Um, Hardly anyone was talking about semiconductor. But the pandemic-induced uh, supply chain issues and the geopolitics has brought semiconductor to the forefront. 
uh, we see um, the, the politicians and the, and the whole lot of people have a better understanding of semiconductor these days. So I believe that's a good sign for the industry as well as a good sign for uh, our business. Uh, the, the trend that we see in semiconductor is, um, as you know, the complexity of semiconductor, uh, everyone talks about manufacturing. The manufacturing, of course, becoming more and more expensive. Uh, but at the same time, even the design and development also becoming uh, very time consuming and um, only companies who have you know, a few hundred million dollars uh, in, in the bank to spend for R&D can develop a complex uh, chip. So this is a big challenge. And uh, I'm not sure if you participated in the CDN Live where uh, Ken Siva mentioned about uh, the fantastic growth is projected for semiconductor reaching a trillion dollars um, by uh, end of this decade. But one of the other points that he mentioned was lack of engineering talent that's available uh, that's available to do this design. So uh, the trend is the complexity and to, to address the trend, there are a couple of solutions that we are looking at or the industry is looking at is one is the uh, chiplets strategy. So industry has come together, developed some standards where splitting the chip and uh, integrating a 3D IC, uh, for example. So we see that kind of trend that is happening out there. But uh, at the same time, currently the, uh, the design and development and verification, validation, the entire uh, sequence of uh, semiconductor design is uh, very time consuming. It requires um, uh, many, many people and they are geographically diversified. They are in different locations, uh, coordinating, coordinating this effort uh, to get to a full tape out uh, yes, is quite challenging. Yeah, I agree with you completely. You know, the other thing we're seeing is systems companies are making their own chips. So the, the landscape is changing a little bit. And a lot of my LinkedIn connections now, you know, the traditional semiconductors guys are working for systems companies, you know, like Tesla and, and even um, Airbnb. I have friends that are working at Airbnb. I'm not sure what they're actually doing, but <laughs> it's kind of funny. Um, so yeah, that is, that is interesting. And, and to, to some extent, um, it is a reintegration of semiconductor uh, into system development, you know, it started with, uh, for example, Apple, for example, right? So they they were using third-party chips, and now they have their own their own chips. Tesla is a good example. Google. So, um, in a way that uh, the semiconductor is um, become such integral part of the success of those uh, their products, uh, they need differentiation. They need to build in intelligence. And one of the challenge of third-party chips is, of course, the chips are available for everyone to buy. And uh, if you're depending on the standard chips, then um, you know you need to find your differentiation elsewhere. So one of the ways of embedding your uh, intelligence into your semiconductor, having your semiconductor is a, is a, a big differentiation for them in, in the marketplace. So I can imagine uh, why uh, Airbnb or anyone else trying to do a semiconductor and differentiate themselves compared to what's available outside. Yeah, yeah. So Ravi, um, what are designers' biggest challenges these days from, from your perspective? See, uh, we have uh, two businesses. Uh, that I, one is the silicon IP business where we invest in R&D, we create these components and they're available for integration uh, by our customers. 
The second is uh, integration of uh, our design services where we help customers integrate uh, semiconductor IPs and making a system on a chip. So one of the big challenges that I see is uh, these IP blocks uh, come from different sources, different third parties, has different interfaces. Uh, they are supported by uh, different uh, verification IPs out there. So today, developing a chip is more of a big integration, verification, validation effort. So uh, stitch, stitching together these uh, different IP blocks into a common fabric uh, and putting a verification environment together, verifying is a very big challenge. And because the uh, cost of manufacturing is so high that uh, customers need to also make sure it's validated fully. So that means you need to do either an FPGA type of prototyping, uh, which is not really sufficient these days. Then you have to use an emulator, um, the big boxes that's provided by Synopsys or Mentor or Cadence. Uh, so you have to have an emulation environment. So uh, the whole complexity of developing a, a huge monolithic uh, semiconductor today is uh, quite challenging for, for the engineers involved. So the complexity is, I would say, is the number one. And the verification is never ending. Um, even after tape out, it's uh, not uncommon for most of the verification team to continue uh, the, the verification because uh, you can never verify the, to the 100%. So you continue that uh, verification forever. Yeah, I agree, especially the verification part. You know, that, that seems to be the, the biggest growing market segment in, in EDA. It's a, it's a big uh, opportunity for us. Like I, like I mentioned, there's also not enough semiconductor talent out there, especially people who understand the latest, uh, latest and uh, greatest, right, in terms of whether it's the EDA tools, understanding these are becoming very, com very complex uh, tools. Uh, you need to understand uh, a whole lot in detail. Uh, the interfaces like PCI Express, CXL, memory controllers, um, the processors. Uh, so to understand this, each of them requires uh, many years of experience. So certainly uh, this is a big challenge and uh, we have to see AI is out there. Let's see you know, how that is going to affect uh, in, a, in a positive way our uh, semiconductor industry and the development. Right. So final question, Ravi. Um, how do customers normally engage with MoeVail? I mean, I know you're very active in conferences. I see you all the time, uh, yes. which is which is great. You know, we're we're live again, so that that's a good opportunity. Um, so, what conferences do you have coming up? Um, you know, how else do customers normally engage with with you? Yeah, um, typically, uh, of course, our website is out there, uh, mobile.com. That's uh, one place people go. And the second one is uh, design and reuse. Uh, you know, we get. Uh, uh, many people contact us through the design and reuse uh, website. Uh, we attend uh, many conferences. The biggest one we attend is the Flash uh, Summit that happens typically August uh, timeframe in Silicon Valley. We are one of the uh, promoters. Um, I wouldn't say promoters. We are one of the, uh, the vendors who support that conference. Um, and then uh, design and reuse conferences um, worldwide. We attend the Shanghai event, uh, Silicon Valley event. Um, and uh, participate in uh, PCI SIG events. So we are there in you know, many conferences uh, worldwide. We also participate in the TSMC 
partner uh, pavilion as well as samsung uh, you know when they have conferences so we are there our headquarter here is in the bay area in uh, in milpiras and we have uh, four development centers in india chennai bangalore hyderabad and rajkot uh, we also recently opened our sales office uh, uh, in uh, munich so we expect to be present out there so we are located in all the major geographies. We are available 24-7 for our customers. That's great, Robbie. Great conversation. It's nice speaking to you again. And hopefully we can circle back towards the end of the year after all these conferences and, and see how everything went. Definitely. Looking forward to it. That concludes our podcast. Thank you all for listening and have a great day.